Welcome to an episode of Emmy's Insight. It's your host, Emmy, and I'm so excited to be recording this today and chatting with you guys because it has been that long since I have recorded an episode. It has been more than five months. I actually had to go through the podcast Instagram to remind myself what I was last chatting about and when I last uploaded an episode. So apologies about the long hiatus. Apologies for abandoning the podcast, to be honest. I do really enjoy recording episodes, but I just have so much going on and I really have bitten off more than I can chew. Over the last few years, you know, trying to balance studying for uni, which I have put way too much effort into compared to pretty much anyone else I've ever come across. And then also working and then training and creating content and trying to balance everything. I just had to, you know, something had to give because when you bite off more than you can chew, it's just going to burn you out, which I've experienced many time, many a time. I have experienced on a couple of occasions. So I'm trying my best to have a bit more balance in life, which... <laughs> Um, it's a work in progress, let's just say. So that is basically why I've abandoned the podcast. But right now it's December, so it's not exam season and it is silly season, which means there is more time for things like making podcast episodes. So I'm going to use this time and I absolutely love just chatting away and I have a lot to talk about. So here we are. And I actually have quite a few different areas to talk about, different topics. So Stay tuned and please also feel free to message me and send me a DM or comment on any, you know, podcast platform or my YouTube videos with episodes you guys would like to hear because there is, yeah, a lot has happened. Obviously, it's been five months and in that five months, I have moved out of home and I've moved twice actually and I've made leaps and bounds in my own recovery. I've made lots of episodes and chatted a lot about recovering from anorexia and an eating disorder and I've actually for the first time in the last few months, felt properly recovered. I felt healthy physically and mentally. I've been competing again and I have felt like this year is the fight. Like it is the first year that I've actually felt properly recovered. Like this year has been so transformative. I'm sorry to use the word transformative because as soon as I say it, I feel like it's like a bloody English discovery essay. (laughs) but it's just exactly how I feel. So so I think I want to make an episode about this year. Um, I'm kind of calling this... No, I don't... I don't. Why am I contradicting myself? Be confident. This year, I've dubbed my butterfly year because it's the year that I, you know, broke out of my cocoon and I felt free. I became a butterfly. And I think every year is a butterfly year for everyone. But like this is significant to me in my... like my who I am and my mental health journey so I'm going to do an episode on that and I'll record that soon but today's episode is all about pain and the psychology of pain and it's my experiences recently with pain and injury have helped me really understand my own anxiety and my own experience with pain and this is such an interesting topic so I really wanted to share this and talk about it because I think a lot of people will find this interesting oh sorry that was my Oh, oh, we love that. That was just my Garmin buzzing me, giving me a notification that I just got paid. Cool. <laughs> um, okay, great. So <laughs> anyway, so this is a very, very interesting topic and it's quite a complex topic. So I do want to make more podcasts on this and have people on to chat about it with who have different knowledge and experiences and 
perspectives on that topic. So I would love to know at the end of this episode how you guys um, felt about it and if you are keen to hear more about it. So let's get cracking. So pain. Okay, pain's a very complex topic and obviously, you know, there's different types of pain. There's emotional and mental and psychological pain, but I'm going to be talking about physiological and physical pain. You know, the pain that you feel when you break a leg. Now, you're probably thinking that this pain is associated with damage or often the pain that we feel is our body sending a signal that there is something wrong, which yes, this is true. However, I've come to learn that it is so influenced by psychology and I'm going to talk to you about how and explain why often pain is all in our head. When I say that pain is all in our head, it doesn't mean that you don't feel it or you don't experience it. And it doesn't mean that you don't have an injury, but all pain is produced by our brain. It is coming from a signal in our brain. So this is why amputees, for example, who have had a limb cut off can still feel pain in that limb that they no longer have because the pain signal is being produced in our brain. So all pain is literally all in our head. And no, that doesn't mean you haven't broken a bone, but it does mean that without your brain, you wouldn't feel that pain. Okay, let's start just making more sense of this. So I'm going to use the example that really kind of (laughs) brought me to understand about how I experience pain and how it actually helped me to understand my own anxiety more, which I think I've talked about a little bit because I do struggle with anxiety um, quite intensely. And anxiety is, oh, this deserves another whole episode in itself, but obviously everyone experiences anxiety, right? It's a normal human feeling, experience, emotion. It is healthy to have anxiety to a certain extent, Having struggle with anxiety is when, you know, the anxiety becomes debilitating or it, you know, it's not just that usual kind of normal anxiety that you should feel if you wake up late to something important or that you should feel if you're driving on the road and something happens. It's like when normal everyday things become so debilitatingly overwhelming that you lose sleep over it, that you're constantly feeling like throwing up from stress or panic. So... I've come to learn a lot more about my anxiety and how this influences my experience with pain, but it's just so interesting to understand how pain is really influenced by psychological factors. So the last few weeks I've had a couple of niggles. So niggles, most people would know this, but um, a niggle is just like an injury. Like actually I, I say most people would know this, but maybe they don't. So I think it's like more like an athlete thing. So if you have, you know, when you're competing and training and constantly loading up the body, it's so normal to have little injuries all the time. So we just say like a little niggle, something that's like not a major injury, but it's just something that you have to manage or, you know, get treatment for or change up your training that week and work around. And sometimes they can be, you know, niggles can be pretty bad and borderline injury but they're not major injuries they're just like kind of minor injuries you know it's not a broken bone that's gonna take you put you out or take a while to heal it doesn't need surgery but it's a niggle so a few times lately I've had a little niggle a niggling injury and I experienced so much pain that I was convinced both times that something terrible had happened and I'd you know damaged something that was going to put me out of the sport for a while and that it really affected me physically and mentally. 
both times the injuries were not major and I was so confused because I've had major injuries before, right? And these, I just felt the pain so much worse and I attributed the pain to the level of damage, which wasn't the case. And reflecting on it and talking, you know, to my physio about it and just looking into it more, I've come to learn that like my anxiety over getting injured heightened my pain so much that my experience was a lot more pain because of the psychological side of it. So I'll tell you a little story that my physio told me the other day. One of my physios, I have literally like a billion physios, but such is life. Um, So I feel like I want to get him on an episode. So hi, Rowan, if you're listening to this, (laughs) to talk about this because it's very interesting. So I basically had this pain in my knee, behind my knee, and I was so sure that I had literally strained or torn a muscle or a tendon and or just something was going on because I literally some days couldn't walk and I was getting this shooting pain. And I've had bad injuries before and it felt at that level of bad. So I was convinced that it was so bad and I was very not coping well with it. I pretty much was having really bad anxiety over it. My head was taking me to the worst places. And honestly, like it just, I realized that my trauma around injury made me like my head just kind of spiraled. So it's really helped me understand how my anxiety has, you know, been affecting me in that sense. Um, So I had this knee issue and I ended up having to get an MRI because all of the, like clinically there was nothing wrong. Like I could produce pretty much every possible exercise without any issue but I was still just randomly on some steps I would walk upstairs and get this excruciating pain so when I got the results of the MRI there was literally no damage everything was intact there was no issues with any of the structures of the knee but All that the radiographer commented on was a lot of swelling and inflammation and edema. And it looked like he said, possibly there was a baker's cyst that has ruptured and leaked, which is causing the pain. So I was like, okay, cool. We have an explanation. But I was so skeptical because why was the pain so bad when it literally was no, you know, there was no damage. It wasn't something major. I was very confused. And so my physio told me about this story because I knew that, I knew that it was definitely my head making it worse, but it just felt very validating to make ha- have it make sense and have like a mechanism behind how it works. So this story isn't mine to tell. Am I allowed to tell someone else's story? I don't know. But anyway, <laughs> he's he told me a story that is someone else's story. So I'm going to tell you the someone else's story. So this neurologist who focuses on pain, Lorimer Mosley, I think that's how you pronounce his name. There's a great TED talk on it, actually. Um, I'll put it in the show notes below. I highly recommend watching it because it's really interesting. He's a neurologist and studies pain. So it's kind of whack that this happened to him because it's such a great example and experience to have and to share that's so relevant to his discipline and his like study. Um, wow. Like, how did that actually happen to him? Maybe he made it up. But anyway, let's just let's just believe him, which like 100% I do. So he was bushwalking with a bushwalking group one day and he was scratched by a twig on his leg, as you do, you know, walking past the shrubs and bushes and whatnot. 
And, you know, he just kept going, didn't think anything of it until he woke up later and found out he had blacked out because it was actually a brown snake biting him. So Aussies would know brown snakes are like one of the most deadly snake. I think they are the deadliest snake, the eastern brown snake. And he survived being bitten by a brown snake, thinking that he literally got scratched on the leg by a twig. So that happened. Later, months later down the line, he's bushwalking again. And he gets scratched by a twig, same spot, same kind of situation. But this time it actually is a twig. But he felt 10 out of 10 excruciating pain. Like he had never felt such intense pain before. And he literally was scratched by a twig. So the reason he felt such bad pain was because our brains are smart. And his brain associated that experience with a near-death experience so his brain was telling him like this is this is fatal you could actually die and we need to protect you by giving you a signal to tell you that you might actually die right now like this is really really bad so it's just so interesting how the brain knew from that experience what that feeling meant and sent him the signal of pain so this made me think a lot about my own experience with my pain and why like why I felt my pain so badly and it made me think a lot about you know I've been injured that many times like I'm just always been an injury prone athlete which honestly it sucks it really sucks we all know that when you're injured far out things aren't good mentally like it, you just want your body to be not like you just want your body to not let you down like that you know being injured and dealing with injury is something you just have to manage and learn to deal with so I was really confused why you know, being such an injury prone person, how I was getting really bad with my anxiety over injury, even though it's something I've always just had to manage. And I think definitely a big factor has to do with the fact that obviously I mentioned before about this being quite a, you know, my butterfly year. It's the first year I felt like strong and healthy. And because it's taken such a long time and mental battle over the course of four or five years to be healthy and strong again, the thought of like being able to start getting back out and competing and that to all be taken away again really scared me and it really triggered me and it made me kind of have to think about why does that trigger me so much and I realized like from my big injury that I do have a bit of a trauma around injury and I think it's because of the like when I was injured my first like major injury which was in 2017 I've talked about quite a bit I think I have an episode on my injury actually, like one of my earlier episodes. I It sucked, right? It really did suck. But I really, you know, did all at the time, the only thing that you can do, which is to move forward and be positive and do everything you can to get better. And people, like so many athletes have gone through debilitating injuries and so many that are worse, way worse than what I went through. Um you know, there's always someone that has it worse, but that doesn't mean your own experience is invalid at all. I think the main thing that I have, you know, have a trauma associated with this is because of the events that came after that injury. Because I then, you know, struggled with my mental health and I went through a long struggle with anorexia and an ongoing eating disorder and having depression, that reminded me of all of that so my trauma around injury is related to you know those experiences that were kind of triggered by it 
I don't know if this makes sense, but I really just kind of reflected a lot more on it, which kind of sucked, but it also was kind of good because I obviously, you know, it's important to reflect on things that have affected you rather than to just try and ignore them and try and distract because that's how you heal. So anyway, I realized that maybe this is why my body is exacerbating the pain, amplifying the pain. And there's also, I think I I do, this is why I want to make multiple episodes on this because there's so much more to go into in this topic it's such a complex topic but even like having stress and anxiety can release hormones that literally will amplify pain so it doesn't mean that you don't feel the pain you are in pain but it is all in your head like I hope this makes sense I'm not trying to say it's all in your head it's all made up it's not made up you still feel it someone with chronic pain is still in a horrible amount of pain but they're head their brain is producing these signals that doesn't really mean there's something wrong or that there's damage in you know a lot of cases not in every case so it made me think a lot as well because when I studied neuroscience in one unit at uni and we learned about phantom limb pain I thought that was so interesting and there's a few different theories on this but one of the theories is when an amputee loses a limb say someone has their foot amputated Sometimes they can still feel a lot of pain in their foot and they literally don't have a foot, but they can still feel pain. So the nerves that travel from your brain to your foot are still there. So in the, you know, wherever they've been severed at the stump, they can still have pain signals sent down those nerve pathways, which will produce the pain, even though that limb isn't there anymore because the nerves are still there. Um, There's actually quite a few different theories on this. And another one is the fact that we have our cortical homunculus. So that's basically the word for the map. That's our brain has a map of the body. If you Google it, it's this little like little creepy, ugly looking man person that's really distorted. So like it's a little stumpy person that has huge, huge, huge lips and huge, huge, huge hands, which represents the like proportions of the brain that are designated to controlling the sensory and motor areas of those body parts so because there's so many more parts of the brain that you know are dedicated to your lips and to your fingers because you if you think about it look at how the way you can like move your fingers in such a complicated way you can run them across a tight keyboard typing crazy things whereas your you know your forearm and your elbow have much much less motor control and um you know like fine motor skills and then it's also showing you sensory control so our lips and tongues have way 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 more um brain space dedicated to that to these areas than like you know your your back for example so basically we have this map on our brain and more of it is dedicated to certain body parts that's just why it's that little cortical homunculus person is so distorted but essentially because we have this map in our brain you still have the areas of the brain that are designated to your foot for example even when your foot is not there anymore so your brain can still produce signals and that means you can still feel feelings such as pain even though you no longer have that body part there are other theories around it and the brain also does try to um kind of rewire and change its map for amputees Um, and it's all very interesting and complex to get into but it's kind of it's just cool because it kind of explains how pain is produced and how it is in our head even when it's something that has happened 
So another example of this, actually, I was sent a video because I was having this conversation with someone at work yesterday and they sent me this video. It's another TED Talk, which I can also link below. <laughs> um, and basically, it there was this story about how this tradie with these like big leather work boots stood on this fat nail and they were in so much pain because the nail had gone through the boot into their foot and they were like, no, nah, like screaming 10 out of 10 pain, had to go in an ambulance to hospital you can't take the boot off because if you do, you know, you don't want the nail to come out. The surgeon, the doctor needs to do that in case you lose too much blood. You just got to keep it all together. So they get there and the doctor or the surgeon or whoever goes to take the shoe off and the nail literally hadn't touched the person's foot. They literally felt the pain because their brain had thought that the nail had gone through their foot, which is kind of insane. And it's crazy because it doesn't mean they didn't feel that pain. They could still have felt such pain because their brain may have produced the pain signals. And it's just such a complicated topic because when you think about it, like when you do have damage, your brain is producing pain to tell you that there's damage and the damage can cause pain. But there's also cases where something that has not caused any damage can cause pain because our brains want to protect us. They want to stop you from you know, going into some place that's dangerous or doing something that's going to harm you or create damage. And then it's also shaped by our experiences, as I explained before. Another thing that kind of happened, why did I say kind of? It did happen recently. A few weeks ago, I rolled my ankle and I was like, oh, the most stupid injury. And, you know, I know that rolled ankles just take a few days and then they're fine, unless you've done actually a lot of damage. But I knew it was minor. You know, I felt it when I did it, that it was minor. And I was like, God damn it. And I was at work and I just kept walking on it. I was getting quite sore, but it was nothing major. I was like, I'm probably going to not be able to run for a few days because it really hurts. But I'm just hoping it's only a few days, which it was. But that night I was woken up by the pain and it was so excruciating. I literally had not been in that much pain. Actually, jokes us a lie. I've probably been in that much pain, but it was from a rolled ankle And with my history of injury, I was like, okay, pain-wise, this is bad. I tried to get up to go to the bathroom and I literally could not, not, not. There was no position I could put myself in that stopped the pain. And I was really freaking out at this point. I was freaking out. I tried to get up to get to the kitchen to get painkillers and I tried to like, I hopped there and when I was in the kitchen, I tried to like see what it felt like to put the tiniest bit of weight into my foot, which had like kind of swelled up and was a bit fat Um, and the pain was so bad that I I fainted and I realize now that the symptoms of that fainting was more from anxiety than like pain. You know, those symptoms where your ears start ringing and you're like, it's just that shrill ringing and your vision goes black. I literally was like, oh my gosh, I'm in so much pain that I fainted. Like it must be broken. Like something must be bad. And now that like I've spoken to a few people about it, because the next day I pretty much was able to walk again on it and it was fine. I did get treatment from my physio and you know, it had swelled up a little bit, but it was so minor that it was fine. So like I, it blew my mind because I'd rolled my ankle before. I'd rolled my ankle to the point where I was like on crutches for a week or two and yeah, it hurt, but like it wasn't so bad. Like the pain wasn't so excruciating. And I was telling him how I was 
freaking out when I felt it because I was like, no, season's gone. First time in five years I'm getting healthy and it's all going to go away again. So I've started to realize I do have this anxiety around that and like losing, I don't want to say losing, you know, my, or like having that taken away, I say in bunny ears because obviously injury happen and happens and that's normal and it's something you just have to deal with. But I just have such a trauma around like the events that happened after my injury and how long it was that I'm just so afraid of that happening again, which it's really like not good and I need to manage it because injury will happen again if you're, you know, for anyone who's doing sport or training a lot or at an elite level in a sport. So I, yeah, I realized that my anxiety literally amplified the pain so much, which is so interesting to me. And that's why I wanted to like talk about the psychology of pain and look more into it. So I guess what I've kind of talked about in this episode is how experience can shape how you experience pain or yeah, your experience with pain, but also your brain, its protective mechanisms can shape your experience with pain. And it's a lot to get into in one episode, but there's lots of different factors which shape how you do feel pain and those include things like your social and psychosocial environment which is really important in so many things but it is also important in how you feel pain and these are things I do want to learn more about and look more into and talk more about but yeah I thought I'd just you know start that conversation and share this little bit because I found it really really eye-opening over the last couple of weeks how it changed my experience so much but also just learning about how cool it is I don't know if cool is the right word to use but how complex our brains and bodies are so I do want to add that when I say pain is you know in the head I mean it's produced by your brain and that's why you know psychological factors can really affect the intensity of it or how you experience it I don't mean that you can just choose not to feel it or it's a state of mind or something I was trying to look up quotes while I re-listened to what I've recorded so far and there's this quote that keeps coming up that says pain is just a state of mind you can think your way out of everything even pain that's pretty ridiculous that's quite ridiculous like someone who's just had their leg burnt actually no that's a bad example because burning can literally like burn the nerves completely let's say you've got a quite damaging you've had your hand crushed under a large metal object you can't choose to not feel that you can't change your state of mind and outthink the pain like that doesn't make any logical sense not that everything does make logical sense but that is just not true when I say that pain you know is in our head it means it's in the brain and the brain is what sends signals So you still have an injury or damage in the body when you feel pain. I mean, unless it is a phantom pain. But say you have, you know, torn or ruptured a ligament, you've got lots of swelling, lots of edema in that area that will activate tissues and nerve cells or receptors that will send the signal to the brain through the spine and through the nerves. Um, And then the brain will interpret and, you know, if the signals are strong enough, or if the brain thinks the body is in danger, then we feel pain. So that's why, you know, we have that psychological side of it where sometimes the body, the brain, sorry, might just think we are in danger and then we experience pain because of that psychological side, because of the protective mechanism of the brain or because of a past experience. So 
every type of pain you have has to travel through your brain for your brain to interpret it. And that's what I mean by, you know, pain being in your head, but obviously it doesn't mean you don't have damage. So, you know, when if you've got a bloody broken bone or you have a ruptured ACL or you have inflammation or swelling you've still got something going on in that body part you still have injury to the area your body still produces a pain signal your brain rather Um, and this can be influenced by psychological factors and there are other pain that we feel that is solely psychological factors so it's a complicated topic and there's a lot to digest I would love to learn more about it and go further in depth but I am going to wrap this episode up here So today's quote, I might have used this before, but I haven't found one that I prefer and I do like this one. So this episode's quote is, your body can stand almost anything. It's your mind you have to convince. I see that quote more so I look at that, you know, thinking about never giving up at achieving something, whether that is a physical feat or something that's not physical at all, but it takes mental strength to keep going and push through it but I also like it in the context of you know this it makes sense that you know a lot of what we feel and what we experience is relevant and related to our mind so I hope that this was interesting and I hope it was (laughs) made some sense and I hope you enjoy listening to the first image insight episode in way too long if you did please let me know and please share your feedback and let me know what you would like me to talk about and what you'd like me to share because even though I do have fun just chatting away I do this to share with you guys and so I would like to you know create content that you want so as always thanks for listening and feel free to help promote the podcast and like and review or whatever you do for podcasts and I hope you join me in the next one bye